getting our podcast going? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, there's lots of things we don't talk about, but we should. For example, every show is recorded and available for you to listen to uh, at uh, at the time of your choice, even months later. <laughs> um and I'm not the best person to ask about all this stuff, but um, it's on our websites somewhere. And I'll just leave it at that. You folks are better at your computers than I am, I'm betting. Um, but anyway, June 28th it is. Uh, today is National Insurance Awareness Day. National Logistics Day. National Paul Bunyan Day and National Alaska Day. Those are those are the uh, the notable things. Now, Scott, I just want to ask you, what? And, and you may have to uh, Google a little bit, but National Logistics Day. National Logistics. Um, well, a what lot do of you that, think that means? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, national. And global economics about uh, transporting goods and services and products, not not only uh, nationwide. Now, had you looked but around this up already? No, I mean, if you've ever thought about it, you know, you need logistics to uh, distribute, you know, well, what sure. I said, goods and services and products and around this, the world. This it's, COVID thing, we've heard all about how yeah. people are struggling with this product or that product. Yep. Yep, and you need to have a schedule, and what logistics do is they establish that schedule to get goods and services and products but just for kick. shipped around the world. Why don't you type in National Logistics Day and okay. see if they... See if they concur? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Let's see, annually National Logistics Day promotes appreciation for the important role of logistics industry plays in both our national and global economies. Well, then you're dead on. Yeah. You were absolutely right. How about that? How about that? Way to go, <laughs> man. One for the man. One for the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, incidentally, too, when you were talking about our podcasts, mm-hmm. um, if people want to set up an account, it's very easy to do. They can go uh, to anchor.fm, and that's all they need to do is click on that. Or they can go to our website, wxtq.com, and find the podcast as well. So just a little FYI. And and this isn't the only show that we have that um, that we provide on our, um, um, you know, get to hear it again situation yeah on a podcast format and um i can't tell you what all's there but um there's a number of good things so um we um i'm always amazed you 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 hear me often make fun of the fact not make fun but just be amused that we have a a group of listeners in las cruces new mexico (laughs) okay now, you know, 
that's just... Uh, and, I mean, there's some other communities I could mention, too. That's just the one I always remember. I hear from people, um, you know, locally and statewide. Well, I expect and, that. And also nationally, too. Yeah, yeah. People calling and saying, you know, they're listening in, enjoying the programming. Why didn't you do that this morning, you know, or this? You know, <laughs> they, they, are, they know our show. They know what to expect. And if we don't do it, they, set, they sure let us know. Yeah, or messes, <laughs> in a nice way. Of yeah, course. I've heard. I've had people tell me it messes up their mornings. Yeah. sometimes. <laughs> well, I got a call. I think it was last Friday, even from um, Colorado. A listener who just enjoys what we do in our nature here. I thanked them. I thought that was very kind of them. And, uh, well, anyway, it's it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's, fun. It, it's always, you know, it's good to hear from people. Sure. And, you know, that's what we do. I mean, they, they hear from us on the radio airwaves every day. Well, Monday through Friday, anyway. You and I here on Party Line. But other times wait, on the wait, weekends. Wait, 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 wait. What's the name of this show? Uh, I I last I looked this morning party line, unless something has changed, and I did not get a text, Twitter, email, or voicemail. <laughs> that was a thin one to go after, but I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's move on. Um, let's see here. So historical events. In the year 1389, on this date, the Ottomans defeat Serbian army in the bloody battle of Kosovo, opening the way for the Ottoman conquest of southeastern Europe. Fifteen nineteen, the year King Carlos I elected Holy Roman Catholic Emperor Charles V. 1838, the coronation of Queen Victoria at Westminster Abbey in London occurred. 1919, the Treaty of Versailles. Versailles? Versailles? Which is it? Well, I've heard, I've heard it both it ways. ways yeah, Ver Versailles, I think, is the treaty. Okay. And there's a city in Ohio called uh, Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so either way. Uh, I guess. Anyway, um, that treaty ended World War One and established the League of Nations, and it was signed on this date in 1919 in France. Okay, famous birthdays. Elon Musk. Today's his 50th birthday. Now, um, he was um, the guest host on Saturday Night Live a few nights ago. And, uh, you know, he's not a entertainer. No, he's a businessman. And, and his, his <clears throat> background, I mean, you know, we hear of him with lots of money. Yep. Uh, but.
thing that made him a big deal was um, Tesla Motors and also SpaceX. Okay. Tesla. Okay. There's a couple of those in town. Um, John Wesley was born on this date in 1703, died in 1791. Henry VIII, the eighth I am, Henry VIII, I am, <laughs> however that song goes. Um, born on this date in 1491, died in 1547. There's a picture here of a guy who I really like, except I didn't recognize his picture. This is a fairly recent picture, evidently. This person's still alive. Mel Brooks. What a funny guy. Oh, yeah. Today's his 95th birthday. Um, famous deaths, two dimension. James Madison had a lot to do with the early days of this nation. Yep, he was actually a U.S. president. 1751, he was born. 1836, he passed. The fourth U.S. president. And the other name here, Franz Ferdinand. Or Franz, maybe. 1863, his birth. 1914, his death. Archduke Franz Ferdinand uh, was the heir presumptive uh, to the throne of Austria-Hungary before he was assassinated. Hmm. So that kind of led um, the effort to get into World War One okay. by Austrian uh, and Hungary's rule over Bosnia. So a very significant date for that area. Now, he was an increased, an advocate of increased federalism, uh, believed to favor trialism, which under Austria-Hungary would be reorganized by combining the Slavic lands with the Austro-Hungarian Empire into a third crown. I just came across an odd thing here. Evidently, evidently, the guy who invented Scrabble, the game, yeah, did so on this date. And it became popular fairly quickly, and there were Scrabble contests, of which he did not do too well. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, enough on this stuff. It's like having a, a history guy go into a trivial game and... The category history pops up and doesn't do too well. It kind of whiffs at all the questions. See, if I were if I were given the choice of what topic I'd like to um, be a contestant in, 
I don't think I could think of one. I don't think I have special, deep knowledge of any single thing. Not even radio or entertainment or music? Well... Percussion? Yard cutting? Grass cutting? <laughs> you threw that in there. Something um, gardening of sorts? Snow removal? I'm good on maintenance, but I just don't know what I'm doing necessarily. I have to ask other people, am I doing it okay? Um, I'm talking about the yard. Yeah. Um, Remember Damon's restaurant used to be down on East State Street? Sure. They used to have trivia games in there. And every time I went to either the Athens one or it didn't matter where it was, I always wanted to play the trivia. And... Not to toot a horn or anything, but I was always pretty good and won more than a few times down there. They pop up your name. So winner gets what, food? No, it's just a friendly trivia competition. The only thing you get is your name up on the big board in great big letters. I see. But I didn't use my real name. Oh. Oh. (laughs) One of those guys. Yeah, I, I used a name that little kids loved to snicker at and it was funny watching them okay wait a minute when they would tell their you can't get into this and not tell us what the name is and they would point at the screen and laugh and giggle oh i i can't you have to are you serious yes all right i took it from a name on a on a parody of saturday night live there was a uh, trivia contest a game on there like jeopardy okay Okay. and will ferrell was portraying alex trebek and he would go down the list of three contestants there and you know how they would write their name down and the electronic board would put it in front of the contestant so norm mcdonald was portraying (laughs) burt reynolds and so you became Burt Reynolds? No. If you spell uh, Burt in a different way, T U R B, Turb. Turb. But I, yeah, but I used well. His name on on Saturday Night Live was was Turd Ferguson. Oh, now that's what you use. Yeah. So I just Turd used. Ferguson. Yeah, I just used the first name, and it said real great big letters. Congratulations. The winner is, and then great big letters, and then... Turd Ferguson. Just, no, just the first name. Turd. Yeah. So it would say the winner is, <laughs> and if it had the first... If Boy, I'm sorry I asked this letter. question. Well, you kept pushing I me, know, so, I know. I, you know, I was like, all right, here you asked for it. Well, here we go. So here, here we go, but it was funny to me watching little kids giggle around there, and I probably didn't set a good example but you know what it made kids laugh yeah and it made people laugh so if i can make somebody laugh and it's not too offensive or off out of bounds or anything like that then kids were enjoying it too and not just sitting there eating dinner with whoever they were with because they had to be there so it just it was all entertainment nothing more than that kind of like saturday night live <laughs> How about that? We made it. Can we turn the AC down a little bit more Um, now? (laughs) That's that's, um, 
let's do the um, statistical report on COVID. Um, I've gotten a little bit lazy, so I didn't get the Friday figures recorded or the Saturdays, but I did get yesterday. So this is as of yesterday. Let's go uh, backwards. We'll start with Athens and then do Ohio and then the U.S. and then the world. In Athens, uh, I believe we have 46 active cases. There were 15 new ones yesterday, I think. No, that could be over the last three days. Okay, but there's 15, 46, let's just say with 46 active cases. We still stand at 60 deaths. There's been no change in that in a while. Our total since it all began, 5,249 cases, which was 8% of our population in this county. Um, <laughs> now, 5,172, as of yesterday, have recovered. So of those that have caught COVID in our county, 98.5% have recovered as of right now. Vaccinations, as of yesterday, 27,318. That's 41.8% of our county's population has been vaccinated. It's, you know, that's, that figure always kind of, I don't know, makes me wonder a little bit because that means half, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, as I go about, and, and, you know, I'm a social guy, so if I'm out working in the yard, somebody walks by, we talk. Um... Often the topic comes up, have you had your vaccines? I've only met one person in my neighborhood who hasn't. Do you ask people, or how does that come up? It, or do they ask you, or both. it just evolves into the conversation? Yes. It's not a pushy thing. Yeah. Uh, but it does come up. And the woman who... Um, Kind of my age and single, um, I think. Um, I took a step toward her just to converse, and she took a step back. And I said, oh, I'm vac fully vaccinated. Are you? And she said, no. 
my next question was, why? And she says, I just worry about it. Well, I think it's a greater worry for most people to not have it. But anyway, we didn't get into a big conversation about it. We just talked about other things. But the point is, if only half of our county... slightly less than a half, 41.8% have been vaccinated according to state records. There's a lot of people out there that aren't. Well, let's move on. State of Ohio. Okay, we got 11... Close to 12 million people living in this state. March 1st of 20 is when it began, the first case. Yesterday, there were 1,798 new cases, bringing the total caseload to... See an error here. Anyway, total cases to date one million one hundred and ten thousand seven hundred. So nine point five percent of the population of the state has had it or are still going through it. We've got 8,300 people, 8,304 in an ICU unit somewhere around the state. And according to this, 52,180 in a hospital, but not an ICU. Now, 97.5% of the cases that have been reported in the state of Ohio have recovered. That number is 1,083,027. The deaths since it began, 20,281. I think it's been a while since uh, this figure hasn't changed at all in several weeks, but I'll give it to you anyway. Uh, Of those that have passed, 46% were male, 53% were female. In the median age, 41 years. That's those that have passed. Vaccinations. All right. I told you, Athens County has 41.8% vaccinated. The state of Ohio has 47.53%. So 5,556,283 people have been vaccinated in the state of Ohio. 
Okay. The United States as a whole. We have 333 million people living here. The first case in the U.S. occurred on February 5th of 20. So it was almost a month later that Ohio had its first case. Um, Yesterday in the... um, U.S., there were 9,550 new cases, bringing, uh, let's see here, bringing the total to, yeah, here we go, active cases, 4,947,918, so 14.3%. Um, is the active rate of those that have caught it. Which also means 83.86% have recovered. That's 28,927,335. Deaths. There were 311 yesterday in the state, bringing our total thus far to 900 and I'm sorry, 619, 424. So, a little over a half a million Ohioans have died. I'm I'm sorry. Americans, USA, I'm on the wrong section here. Did I confuse them too badly? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. Okay. I was following. Okay. Six, so um, a little over <laughs> half a million, 619,424 deaths have occurred as a result of COVID in the United States as of yesterday. That's 1.8%. Three hundred and eleven were actually new yesterday. Okay. Worldwide, and then we're done. How many people live in the world? Do you know? Seven point eight billion. You're correct. Well done. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It began worldwide a couple months before it got going in the U.S. The first date of a case, November 19th, 2019. Now, yesterday alone, 933... 9,336 cases were new yesterday, bringing the total since it all began to 181,861,268. So 
put a percentage against that, that's 2.335% of our world's population has had it or are still going through it. Vaccinations worldwide. Remember, Scott said 7.8 billion people. Well, 2.9 billion people have been vaccinated, which is 37.5%. According to this, 166,373,962 are now fully recovered, which represents 91.5% of those that got it. Okay? Now, there's a figure here that I've had all along, but I often forget to say it. I'll I'll say, well, that's the end of this report. But in looking at Athens versus, let's say, the state of Ohio and so on, I think I told you we had five that we've had so far five thousand two hundred and forty nine cases. If we were like the the rest of the state of Ohio. We should have had a thousand more cases, to be exact, six thousand two hundred and eight additional cases. So, Ohio, um, or rather Athens, please keep up what you're doing. Salute. So right. Senior. Senior Wences. Wences. Yes. On this date in 1940, President Franklin Delano uh, Roosevelt signed the Alien Registration Act, also known as the Smith Act which required adult foreigners residing in the U.S. to become registered and fingerprinted. In 1838, on this day, Britain's Queen Victoria was crowned in Westminster Abbey. In 1863, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln appointed Major General George Meade, the new commander of the Army of the Potomac, following the resignation of Major General uh, Joseph Hooker. Oh. 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife Sophie were shot to death in Sarajevo by Serb nationalist Gavrilo Princip. 
green seat. There we go. An act which, uh, in some people's books, sparked World War I. And then in 1919, the Treaty of Versailles was signed by France, ending the First World War. So we just spoke of what may have caused it, and four years later, the ending of it. Nineteen fifty-one, a TV version of the radio comedy program Amos and Andy premiered on CBS. It was the first network TV series to feature an all-black cast. It did come under some criticism for racial uh, stereotyping. I remember the show. Enough on this group. I guess we could mention some birthdays. Let's see who we've got. Mel Brooks, we already mentioned him, 95. Carl Levin, former senator from Michigan, 87. John Biner, the comedian, and didn't he, wasn't he an impressionist too? I think yeah. so. Yeah. 84. Eighty-four he is today. Leon Panetta, former defense secretary, 83. Actor Bruce Davison is 75. Actor Kathy Bates is 73. John Elway from football, 61. I'm, I apologize, folks. I'm skipping a few names that are not familiar to me. I'm sure they'd be familiar to somebody in our audience. John Cusack, an actor, they say, um, is 55 today. Another one, Gil Bellows, is 54. Jimmy Somers, the jazz musician, 52. mentioned Elon Musk being 50. Did you watch Saturday Night Live? Yeah. That's where I got my name did you from the th- trivia Did you question. think he uh, didn't do too bad a job, did he? No, I didn't think so. For not being a entertainer. And a showbiz type guy. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Youngest person listed today is a country singer. Singer. Her name is Kelly Pickler. She's 35. Oh, she is so funny. Funny? Yes, she is a great, she's a really good singer. I think she finished, I want to say, fourth or fifth the year that she was in American Idol. Oh. And she just had a personality that resonated with the judges the listening audience, I think that's a lot of what... She was a good singer, okay, but 
add her personality into that too. He, uh, you couldn't help but like the girl. I mean, she's just a good old down home country girl, according to what she described herself as. And I, I think she has a TV show, too. Talk show. Well, maybe if I saw her, I'd, I'd recognize her. But the name is not popping it. Yeah. Oh, she's funny. She's a. We do kind treat. of. Uh, we meaning Pat and myself. We do kind of enjoy these. Uh, America's Got Talent or The Voice, those types of shows. Um, so I think the odds are good that we've seen her. Could be. It's been a few years, but okay. it's she just she has a name too that you just did not you didn't forget. I've already forgotten it. Though. Kelly Pickler. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Kelly Pickler. Yeah. All right, let's see. What about news-wise? There's a headline in the New York Times saying, heavily Republican areas of the U.S. have a growing COVID problem. Let's see what they're getting at. There was a strange COVID-19 pattern in the U.S. for much of this spring. The virus was not spreading any faster in communities with low vaccination rates than in those with high vaccination rates. How could that be? Well, there were probably a few reasons. Many less vaccinated areas were in the South, where warm spring weather allowed people to socialize in the relative safety of the outdoors. Natural immunity might also have played a role because people who have already had this coronavirus have at least some degree of protection against it. That pattern helped feed an impression among some Americans that COVID was in retreat, regardless of how much progress a community had made in getting shots in the arm. In one poll of Tennessee residents last month, 51% agreed to the statement that if COVID-19 pandemic is largely over. And it's not true, folks. Mm -mm. COVID remains a serious threat to unvaccinated adults, especially those middle-aged or older. And now the surprising trends from the spring may be coming to an end. Cases have begun to rise more rapidly in communities with lower vaccination rates. Um, What about the vaccines themselves? One likely explanation is that Vaccination rates have risen high enough in some communities to crush the spread of COVID. In the spring, these places were still coping with significant outbreaks, but they aren't anymore. In Marion County, I'm sorry, in Marin County, not not in Ohio, but rather in California, just across the Golden Gate Bridge there, 
for instance, uh, more than 90% of the people aged 12 and above have received at least one shot. As a result, Marin has virtually extinguished the virus with only three new confirmed cases per day over recent weeks. A second explanation for the new divergence between um, more and less vaccinated places is the Delta variant. It appears to be making vaccines, rather vaccination, even more valuable. The vaccines are effective against Delta. Now, Delta is this most recent variant, and it's really makes you sick. But going on here, and uh, the vaccines are effective against Delta, sharply reducing the chances of infection and nearly eliminating any chance of serious illness. For unvaccinated people, however, Delta is significantly more contagious than earlier variants. Well, folks, I've read you a, a couple portions of a lengthy story that appears in the New York Times online. If you'd like to read it, we would encourage you to do so. And it's under their report simply called The Morning, which they produce every day. Okay, Scott, we have four minutes left. The best and worst places for the 4th of July celebrations. Okay. Let me get these. Oh, this is double-sided. My printer must have goofed up. Okay. Well, in the state... Okay. So, first of all, where do you think the best places? Uh, D.C., Virginia. Um, D.C. comes in eighth. Number one place, they say, is New York City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was just an oversight on your part. Number two, San Francisco. Three, Chicago. Four, Minneapolis. Five, Atlanta. Six, L.A. Seventh, Seattle. And then our nation's capital coming in eighth. Now, where do you think the best place, according to this, is in Ohio? Uh, Columbus. Negative. Cincinnati? Yes, sir. It comes in 26th in the nation. I was thinking of red, white, and boom, but then I thought about the fireworks there on the river, oh, the Ohio River. Right. So they have the category of 4th of July celebrations, affordability, Attractions and activities, safety and accessibility, and weather. So when you factor all of those in, Cincinnati came in 26th. Okay, number two in Ohio. Um, I'll do Columbus again. It makes number three. 
twelve. Mm, number number two is Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Um, now the Red, White, and Boom. I have attended it, I think, twice. It is terrific. Yeah, they're not having it this year. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. They decided not to because of obviously pandemic situation and I think from what I've heard they got a little bit of you know late would have had to get a late start on preparation and everything too so they just thought it best to hold off this year but still I think local suburbs and communities there are still going to have theirs Um, they usually have them what on the fourth and the red white and booms usually on the third something like that. yeah I think I think that's how it works in Worthington, they held it um, so everybody can see both. Yeah, in in Worthington, um, my sister's roommate in college, Cameron, Sally Cameron. Hurry. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, tomorrow. AM okay. 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Wendy Gillette in Mykonos, Greece. The wait is agonizing for more than 150 families who have yet to hear any news about loved ones missing after the apartment building collapsed in Surfside, Florida. Four more bodies were recovered yesterday, bringing the death toll to nine. CBS's David Begno is there. What they've done is dig a trench beneath the rubble. So far, it's 125 feet long and 40 feet deep. There's an Israeli search and rescue team hoping to rescue people here just like they did after the 2010 Haiti earthquake. We need more people down here. That's when crews found people alive eight days after the quake. The U.S. launched airstrikes on buildings in Iraq and Syria. CBS's Weijia Jiang is at the White House. The Pentagon is describing these airstrikes as defensive. President Biden directed them against Iran-backed militia groups who have attacked at least five facilities and U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. In a statement last night, the Department of Defense wrote, the United States took necessary and deliberate action designed to limit the risk of escalation. Defense sources tell CBS News that so far there is no indication that there were civilian casualties. The power went out for thousands in the Pacific Northwest yesterday. It couldn't be worse timing as temperatures climb into the triple digits. CBS News correspondent Lilia Luciano reports. Seattle's utility Puget Sound Energy provides power to more than a million households. 3,400 customers lost power Sunday. The company says it's seeing a strain on some of their power grids as more homes add air conditioning units. In Portland, Oregon, some 3,000 people there also lost power. There could be a connection between heart problems and cancer, correspondent Jim Crisula explains. People who have heart failure are more likely to develop cancer. 